Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to episode 152 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam Brennan, and of course, I am joined by the one and only Dave Hogue. What is up, my dude? <laughs> well, there is so much that is up. Uh, you and I just had a lengthy discussion that I won't go into the details of. And I, I guess the thing that it I'm going to go with is we're at five years. <laughs> we're going to celebrate That's the fact true. that we started this in 2000, January of 2015, and now yep. it is January of 2020. And I don't think when we embarked on this, we I would have not said no and never, but it's kind of cool that we're here. Yeah, it's it is one of those where it's like, Looking back, I don't think it feels like it's been that long. No, certainly not. But had, yeah, you said back then, oh, in five years, we're going to still like each other. (laughs) You're dealing with me, so I can't guarantee that. But uh, yeah, no, I honestly, in all of the other stuff that is going on in in my world and around it, I had, uh, I remembered it on New Year's Day, but had since forgotten. Um, because it's just been a while since we've recorded did a just, you know, life yes. and all that yeah. stuff. But yeah. Yeah, we're in kindergarten now, Dave. We made it past <laughs> the diapers. We've yeah. learned to have basic conversations. This is good. Yeah. And just don't steal my blocks. Okay. Or I'll throw them. <laughs> I was gonna say we're gonna hit we're gonna get yeah. hit hit each other. That is nuts. Yeah. My kid is three, and I feel like I've had a kid for like 20 years. <laughs> and this podcast is two years old. And man. Yeah, I can't believe weird. she's three. Yeah, time is, is very weird. And one of the things that we discussed before this was my daughter getting married here uh, at the beginning of this year. And that was that I had those moments of, like, my grandpa was 51 when I was born. I am almost 49. And so I, it's just odd to me that I'm close to the age that like my grandfather was when I came into this world and, uh, you know, fifties just around the door. And essentially my daughter is the same age my wife and I were when we got married and that does not seem like it's been that long ago and you know, all that kind of stuff. So yes, it goes by fast. Man. I don't want to think about it. (laughs) I think my grandpa would have been 54 when I was born. So that means I got 21 years till I hit that. <laughs> Kennedy will be 20. Oh, God. I can't do it. Can't go there. Can't go there. Yeah, it's so crazy. She can still barely say L's. So, like, there's, there's a long way. A young way to go, Dave. A young way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or like if when I I'm like no you need to say L she'll go hello hello <laughs> it's like almost like popping it's she's I think she's mocking me but you know she's my kid so I wouldn't be surprised if that's her go to <laughs> but anyways we're here it's episode one fifty two it's good to be back in the saddle I do yes it is I did miss our our time together. I would agree. 
And we're in James still. We haven't decided to quit this book. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and that's the other thing. I mean, five years, we've did two different books. I mean, that's in and of itself is another kind of wow. Yeah, with like, I think we did like, what, 14 or 12 or 14 topical episodes in between yeah. Matthew and Romans. But yeah, like we are definitely never going to win the award for fastest podcast through the Bible. <laughs> Which is a good thing. Yeah, no, we're taking the uh, the opposite approach. Sorry, big yawn there. Hmm. So yeah, we're in James chapter one. And we're mm-hmm. gonna do verses nine through fifteen tonight. Yes. And I don't know any other uh, anything else you want to talk about before we dive in. Uh, we don't need to talk about it, but the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. That's kind of a big deal around here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. I'm not, I, I, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I'm not rooting against them, but I truly am not jumping on the bandwagon. Like it's, it's, I'm kind of like Mahomes is awesome. I hope they have a, a dynasty. I wish them nothing but the best, but, um, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those where it's like, I like both the teams in the game. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, and I think it's actually going to be a really good game, which is Kind of all I ever want out of the Super Bowl, because let's be honest, folks, the Detroit Lions are never making the Super Bowl. <laughs> They've never made one yet. No. They probably never will. Um, but it having lived in the Kansas City area for the, what, eight and a half years that I did, um, you know, I went to Chiefs training camp one year Ooh. with my friend Justin and I'd never been to a training camp before and that was back when Charlie Weiss was there <laughs> he was on the <laughs> rascal just driving around oh, man <laughs> yeah it's not a good look um and they have a photo in their basement they had like one of those like uh mannequin cutouts that was what was the pope the big tight end back in the day he's like six foot five so anyways, you stand like they have like footholds like on the back of the mannequin's legs so that mm-hmm. you can actually be tall enough and there's a photo and it's like full pads and everything. And my head's up there and I'm smiling and I kid you not, my head looks proportional to the NFL six foot four tall <laughs> NFL player with shoulder pads on. And they, they put it up in the basement. Cause every time it's just like, yeah, cam's got a massive head. And I was like, gee, thanks guys. <laughs> but yeah. Thank you. Appreciate the support. Um, but all of that to say, I, I want the chiefs to win because I want Andy Reed to finally get a super bowl. Yes. He has, he's, I think he's like top 10 or top five all time in playoff appearances and wins, but has only been to the Super Bowl, I think, just once. Yeah, with I know Philadelphia that. back in Donovan McNabb. He's never won. Um, but I think that would be a, like the feather in his, in his, yeah, career. I would say so. You know, and like the other side is like, you know, Kyle Shanahan's like, what, 40? Yep. And it's just, you know, you've got time, kid. Yep. You'll be back. But, yeah. I just want it to be a good game because there's been a couple clunkers in the last few years. I think it will be. I think it'll be a good game. So, like, you know how people do that, like the Super Bowl squares thing? I've got a big commercial for uh-huh. now for all that money. The one time I ever actually put money down was the Super Bowl where, the like, the first or second play of the game was a safety. Uh-huh. This was, like, five years ago, and everyone lost money because no one <laughs> accounts had for two. a safety. <laughs> yeah. You don't account for a safety. <laughs> <laughs> it was like literally, I think it was the Seahawks and the Colts, maybe? 
I think that's who it was. And I think Peyton Manning got sacked for a safety on like the second play of the game or something like that. And I was like, I'm never betting money on sports ever again. <laughs> it's the one time I've done it in my life because we were at a friend's house. And it was only like 20 bucks, I think. But I was, still, I was so angry. I'm still bitter about it. I did go to Vegas with a bunch of friends back in May. And they all did the 20 bucks on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. So, Oh, really? Yeah. And it, those odds are. It, it was like 12 to 1. I mean, they weren't bad odds, but it wasn't like they were going to win a ton of money. No, but that's still yeah. that's 12 times 20. Uh, 240, yeah. Yeah. Look at us in our quick math, Dave. <laughs> so we are, we are mathletes. Yeah. So the real question is, is, do they all know where their little voucher or whatever it is that you get for your... <laughs> no, probably not. So, <laughs> so yeah, Chiefs. 49ers, Super Bowl 54? Yep. And that's the other fun part is it's LIV, which my daughter goes by Liv. So she's going to get herself a Chiefs shirt that has the LIV on it with there you <laughs> the go. Super Bowl. I wonder what we'd have to get to for it to be Super Bowl cam. <laughs> See, is A a Roman numeral? Uh, let's find out. What does C-A-M mean in Roman numerals. Oh, I don't know if A is one. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Dang it. No, C and M are. C is yeah. 100 and M is, M is 1,000. Yeah. The only vowel is I. That's disappointing. Anyways, <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> that was, this has been real-time Googling with Cam and Dave. Would you like to do the honors? Sure. Sir? Sure. All right. Let me make sure I'm at, yes. So we're in the English standard version. Verse, version. I can't talk already. Okay. So we'll begin with verse nine and go through 15. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Yeah, brings forth death, so that's the end. Mm. I almost want to start at the end, but... Well, we That's can do that. Start, Dave. Unless we're doing like a Christopher Nolan time hopping <laughs> movie where we like start in the middle, then go to the end, then go to the beginning, and then go back to the middle, and then go to the real end. Mm, yes. And oh my gosh, does the top ever stop spinning? I don't know, Dave. <laughs> Good question. All right. So I want to start in verse 13, if that's okay. Sure. Let no one say when he is tempted, I being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. We'll get there. But 
each person is tempted when he is lured and is and enticed by his own desire. This is really interesting to me because one, it's definitely true. Yes. Um, but it, it is, I guess in my experience, so easy to project the temptation or the desire for that temptation to be, um, outside of me. Yeah. Yep. To, to blame it on other people, to blame it on situations, to blame it on whatever that isn't me. Right. Um, and it really just comes down to each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Like it wouldn't be a temptation to me if I didn't want it. Right. Yep. Like that's the definition of a temptation. That's something that I shouldn't have, but something that I want Yeah. or something that I don't need that I want anyways. And so it does come down to the fact that I want it. There is something alluring. There is something enticing. There's something sexy even about that thing that I know I shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And as much as I want to justify where the temptation comes from, the bottom line is, is it comes from my, incorrect desire for something that I know that I shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's the, one of the things that I appreciate so much about the book of James is it's just like, it just much like Paul does in Romans, like less flowery language here than Paul does, but like, it's just like truth, truth. It just pounds at it and doesn't mm -hmm. like, here's the deal. Don't be an idiot and say that you've been tempted by God. Cause that's not true. Right. You're tempted by yourself. Yep. And your own stuff. And I just, I appreciate the, um, what's the word? Uh, the candor. Because mm -hmm. then he says, then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Yep. Which is like, whoo. So my temptation, this little desire I have to, you know, do this or say that or, you know, whatever. When I do that, that gives birth to sin because I'm, I'm acting on the temptation, right? I have mm -hmm. made the decision, I'm going to do this, I'm, you know. Then it becomes sin when I act on it. And then sin, when it's fully grown, kills you. It's terrifying. It is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, I think about just so much of what we deal with in life, it really does, it, it snowballs. I mean, it really, you know, we give in to a small temptation. Uh, we satisfy a simple desire. And it really does... Um, you know, I, I guess there are things in life where I've tried it or I've felt desire and, and then was like, no, 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 I can't do that and moved on from it. And then there are other things that, uh, certainly become a, have a stronger hold in my life. And, uh, I don't know, wish I'd made the better choice earlier on and not allowed that to happen. So. Should we go back to the beginning now? Sure. All right. 
let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. That sounds nice. (laughs) And the rich in his humiliation, not so nice. Because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. More of that that candor, Dave. Yep. This is, it's interesting to me because like immediate parallels that come up are like, the wise man built his house upon the rock and the foolish man built it on the, on the sand and the waves and the storm came and hit both houses and the house that was built on the rock stood and the foolish one didn't. Mm-hmm. So like priorities and foundation, storm hits both, priorities and foundation wins out. Here being, you know, rich versus being lowly, as it says, right? Both are going to get scorched by the sun, but the rich person is going to fade away like the flower because its priority or his or her priorities or um, safety or value is found in in money and possessions. Mm -hmm. Um, The other one is like the rich young ruler. You've done all these things. Now go give your money away and follow me. And he went away sad because he had great wealth. Yeah. And it's... Or then also the other one that comes to mind is store your treasures in heaven, not on earth, because, you know, what you store in heaven, you reap in heaven, and it can't be getting by moth or plague or that one I didn't paraphrase too well. (laughs) Um, That's why I wasn't part of the message team. Um, So I just, I find these sort of juxtapositions in scripture really interesting, right? Because it's always like, like the, the bait and switch, right? sort of approach mm-hmm. where it's like, we think society tells us being rich is a good thing. Being rich means you're successful. Being rich means you're smart. Being rich means you're powerful. Being rich means you're important. Being rich means you can do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. Cause you have money. Um, and then James is like, yeah, but like there's the sun with the scorching heat and, <laughs> Buy all the sunblock you want. It's not going to work out well for you because yeah. you have placed all of your eggs in the wrong basket. And I think the last line here is really interesting to me too. It says, so also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Right? Like how often in the scripture do we see that we're supposed to seek and do the will of God? Mm-hmm. And that his ways are higher than our ways. And that, you know, I don't even know if this is in the Bible or if this is just a saying, like, you know, God laughs at the plans of man. Like, oh, that's cute that you think you're going to do that. But really, <laughs> this is going to happen. Um, you know, in, in how many times in the Old Testament and like the Psalms, we see people come up with these great plans and then God just totally does something different. Like even with Jesus, right? The Jews had this great plan of what the Messiah was going to be and how he was going to come and what he's going to look like. And guess what? Judaism is still a thing because Jesus wasn't what they were looking for. Um, so all of this just, it's its like, to me, it's like a constant theme throughout the Bible of of the world saying, you know, one thing is important and that being a temptation for a lot of people, right? That will lead to sin, that will lead to death. 
to do what the world says you know is important or to attain it or to aspire to it and then god says but really the last is going to be first the you know the meek shall inherit the earth the the lowly brother will boast in his exaltation and um it's in the Bible a ton, and I feel like every time I'm like, oh, you idiot, why don't you remember this? Like, yeah. clearly I do, because I just <laughs> rattled off, like, nine different ways it's said in the Bible. But, like, in every day when I'm not sitting in front of a microphone talking to a friend about the Bible, when this stuff comes to the front of my brain, like, in the moment where I'm tempted to chase money or chase importance or chase you know, self-medicating or chase, you know, things that will make me feel better in the short term with consequences, right? I'm not, like, I don't remember those nine passages of the Bible that I just talked about. Right. And that's really frustrating because, like, I know it, but in the moment of frustration, in the moment of... um self-doubt in the moment of even like guilt or shame it is easy it is still easier for me to take like the easy route instead of the hard route right like one of one of the passages i know i've been talking a lot i'm gonna say this and i'll shut up um one of the passages that we're talking about at youth group on wednesday night is um Matthew 7, um, 12 through 15. And it's the golden rule, but it's also, it's followed up by um, this. It says, yeah, Matthew 7, 12 through 15. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. And like we're talking about accountability and how we need to band together and to work together and to walk alongside of each other so that we stay on that narrow path that leads to life. And so this like kind of and it, again, this is all front and center because I just I've been preparing the the lesson for t- for Wednesday night. But it's like if I'm being tempted by my own desire to take the easy path, the wide path, the path that's got a lot more people on it that looks like way more fun. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a party over there, right? And I look over at the other option that's not sexy, that's not fun, that's hard, that takes discipline, that takes, you know, sacrifice, that looks really lame compared to the party that's going on over there. Like, I have proven to myself over time that I'm going to choose the party more often than not because I'm a child and I, you know, ooh, bright lights. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's where my brain is at with all of this is just like, how do I remind myself and put things in place in my life that are going to remind me that the easy option is often the stupid option and that, doing the right thing, taking the harder path, having the discipline and the wisdom to say no to my own desires that I know are sinful. Like, how can I, like, how do I make myself, like, walk through 
like there has, I'm trying to think of like a good metaphor for it. Like, uh, I, I have to be able to like look at a sign that says what you want to do right now is a bad idea. Don't do it. And I literally have to like high five the sign and say, I don't care. Like there has to be like some sort of physical thing where I'm like admitting to myself and God in the universe that if I choose the sinful action here, the easier action, the sexier action, the wide path action, I've acknowledged that I know it's the wrong thing to do. And then I'm going to choose to do it anyway. Like that. Oh yeah. That has to be like something I have to figure out how to put in my life because my hope is that more often than not, and over the course of time doing that sort of song and dance will help me to more often than not. And more so over time, choose the correct path. And I don't know what that looks like, um, but that's kind of where my head is with all of this. And now I will stop talking. <laughs> no, I, I, I certainly think those are valid. Um, it's a valid perspective on this and mine's a little bit different in terms of, as I read this and I read about, um, the rich person and then their pursuits. And, um, I, you know, there's certainly an element of, I want to be successful I want to make money. I want, you know, there is that element to it. But if, if, if I have to look at the core of why I do a lot of this stuff, it's the whole, like, I don't want to be dependent on God or I don't want to be dependent on anybody else. Uh, you know, there's just kind of this idea in my head of, I need to be able to take care of myself. I need to be able to take care of my family and Mm -hmm. even be the strong one that, well, the other people can come to me and I'll step up and do what needs to be done or, or something like that. And so, um, I guess in essence, uh, I don't like to ask for help and I don't like to admit that I can't do something or I don't know how to do something and I need the help from somebody or I don't have the resources to do it. Um, and so that is, as I read this, um, that's what strikes home for me is that, um, it really is about being uh, self-sufficient, dependent on myself and not uh, a burden or, um, and, and honestly, that's probably one of the things where I am most common to roll my eyes or judge people uh, or make a comment to my wife is when I, when I hear of people that do things that it's like, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you know, well, a great example would be, I mean, just today I drove by, so the, the temperature I think hit like a high of 15 today and I drove by a guy, he was, you know, standing on the corner, had the sign that said, family needs help, please give. And he was in nothing but a sweatshirt. You know, he didn't have a oh, coat gosh. on and like, I'm totally judging this guy based on like you intentionally don't have a coat on just so you'll get more sympathy. And, you know, like (laughs) I really had no compassion for that guy. I I totally was judging him, totally felt like, you know, you can go get a job. You're just doing it because standing out in the cold is easier than actually working something. And the reality is, is I would, I mean, that's a, I would rather work hard than stand in the cold, but you know, anyway, it, it just made me realize that I, I was very condescending, very judgmental towards that guy and, and showed no compassion towards him. 
uh, knowing nothing about him. Mm-hmm. So that's that's. Um, so I agree with what you were saying because I I also do that, uh, but in this particular moment as we're reading this tonight, I I, I guess I find myself sort of in a, a self righteous attitude of um, I choose these things, um, which is just as sinful if not more sinful, because I don't want to be dependent on others. I don't I don't want to be dependent on God. Funny how the Bible can reach you where you're at yes. in your situations, right? Exactly. It's very it's very pesky in that manner. Yes. All right. The last verse that we haven't talked about yet is Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. And um I don't have a whole lot to say about this one right now because I don't want (laughs) to cry on the podcast. (laughs) But uh, all I will say is that I hope this one is true. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. And and I guess I I would, again, I agree that I hope that this is true because... um, There, I, I think any of us have few, well, it, if I had to make a generalization, I would say it seems like the trials outweigh the time without trial. Uh, some trials are certainly heavier and more burdensome, burdensome than others. Um, but, I, you know... Over the last few months for me, I've just had this real sense of we put we put way too much of the well, I don't even know how I want to say this because I was, I was, what I was going to say is we put too much value on this life. And I don't think that's 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 probably the wrong way to say it because I, I think God certainly puts a lot of value on this life and there's a reason why we live this life and you know, if this life wasn't necessary and there wasn't a, a meaning to it, then why, you know, why bother? Um, but I, I guess I'll, I'll rephrase it in that I think we hold on to the wrong things uh, about this life. Um, mainly the things that we talked to, you know, earlier of that. I want to be comfortable. You know, I want to be happy uh, versus joyous. I want to have material things. I want to satisfy desires. And um, I don't know. I, I, I really have thought about lately um, just how much um, I personally put importance on things of this life that really don't matter uh, when the reality is... is um, I believe in eternity. I believe in a life that's going to far <laughs> exist beyond my time on this planet. And kind of what you were talking about, I, I just sort of go, I believe that to be true. You know, I have my doubts at times, but really day in, day out, I believe that there's a God. I believe there's a heaven. I believe that there are consequences for people that don't choose um, 
to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, to proclaim him as God, uh, and yet I consistently choose things that go against that. I consistently choose things that have no eternal value. And well, yeah. or, or maybe a better way to say it is, is their eternal value is not <laughs> the desired eternal um, value. So it's frustrating. Yeah. When you have that moment of like realization, you know? Mm-hmm. It's get frustrated, yeah. angry at yourself. And then I tend to beat myself up, and that tends to turn into <laughs> feeling shame, and that tends, you know, and it just, it's, it's one of the things that I have been trying to, to work through personally is, is that, that whole concept of beating myself up and feeling shame and guilt and, like, Jesus didn't die on the cross so that I would continue to live in my shame. He didn't die on the cross so that I would continue to live in my guilt, mm-hmm. right? He took care of those things on the cross. He did that so that I would live in his righteousness. And I think part of the issue for me is like when I know that I screw up, the last thing I want to do is go to God because I feel unworthy, right? I feel like I'm dirty and gross and, you know, I need to do something right to make up for it, which is totally not at all correct. And I think the thing that I'm trying to remind myself is that in those moments where my tendency is to beat myself up, when the tendency is to tell me, tell myself how much of a screw up you are and, you know, how unworthy you are and all of that stuff and all that negative self-talk that's like self-destructive is to somehow start to remind myself of like, yes, you screwed up. Yeah, you did or said something stupid. Um, but God loves you and God can redeem even what you said, even what you did. And God wants to do that. And that, you know, I can't, I can't earn my spot, right? One, cause it's not possible Two, cause I just wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> Way too much work. Right. Um, but trying to, just trying to have my inner monologue be a lot less you're an idiot, you're a screw up, you're never going to be good enough and have a lot more of my inner monologue be God created you, you're his son, Jesus died so that you could be with God in the way that God intended and you you were clothed in his righteousness like you have the victory through Christ and and just trying to have my inner you know, my inner thoughts, my inner monologue be a lot more, not just positive for positive sake, but centered on truth, Mm -hmm. you know, and what, and what the truth is eternally, not just in that moment, because for me, that can start to, I can start to tumble out of control a little bit. If I stay in that self-destructive cycle of beating myself up and it just causes issues, you know? Yes. So I guess in the midst of the trial that I'm going through right now, that's what I'm trying to remind myself of. Because when, when times get hard and life sucks, um, 
for me anyways, beating myself up becomes a lot easier because the rest of the world's doing it. So why don't I just join in? Right. Um, so anyways, th- that, yeah, that's where I'm at. Those are my thoughts on that. Um, for whatever it's worth. Mm-hmm. I do a, at my utmost for his highest Oswald chambers devotional. And, uh, for some reason, as I've uh, you were talking, I've read. Well, as you were talking, I read through this entire thing, and for some reason, it's not hitting me the way it did <laughs> at the time that I read it. And I'm what I was trying to find. Um, I can't see it now, but I'm going to go ahead and read kind of this last little um, because I I think it does sort of talk about what we're um talking about here and it says it looks as if we had to give up everything lose all we have and instead of christianity bringing joy and in simplicity it makes us miserable until suddenly we realize what god's aim is that we have to take part in our own moral development and we do this through the sacrifice of the natural to the spiritual by obedience not denying the natural but sacrificing it. And again, it's, it's, it's eluding me a little bit now. Um, but when I initially read this, um, there was just this idea of, we have to give things up completely. And as I read this amount, maybe it was a scripture that did it. It's, it's more this idea of, sacrificing it, sanctifying it, making it holy for God and not just this simple um, denial um, or just removal of something. Um, and the, one of the examples that, that came up in the, the, the verse or whatever was, you know, Isaac or Abraham and Isaac. And the implication I got was is that Abraham misunderstood God and that, you know, he didn't really have to physically sank, uh, sacrifice Isaac. It was more sort of a, um, and, and, and again, I'm even processing this as I say this out loud, so I don't want to mislead anybody down this road. Um, but sometimes I just think we are so literal, and it's easier for us to understand kind of this t- a tangible, I'm going to get rid of this out of my life. And I think there's much more an idea of, like as in Romans, that talks about being a living sacrifice and really kind of doing that. I'm not going to leave the world. I'm going to be in the world. I'm going to love the world the way God loves the world. And I'm going to allow him to um, sanctify this in my life. And um, I don't know. I'm I'm rambling right now because, like I said, it didn't hit me the way it did when I read it yesterday. Um, It's all good. But as I've said before, we serve a big God, and I think so often our finite little minds just have a hard time of truly understanding just how awesome he is and what he really yeah. does to redeem us and what is really meant by his grace and his mercy and his love. And um, I guess in short, that's kind of one of those things I'm just trying to understand and asking him to give me wisdom, so... Yeah. <laughs> Wisdom is good. So I've been told. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Still what what would Still I know? Myself. <laughs> I've heard. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for us. I would agree. Thanks everybody for uh, taking time out of your out of your day to listen to this episode of the masterclass. Um, we really, really appreciate it and think that it's awesome that there are actually people out there that like listen to the show and maybe even like it a little bit. Um, that's awesome. If you want to um, find out more uh, about this show, um, our back catalog, some of the other stuff that we've talked about, you can go to supermegacorp.net slash masterclass or just go to supermegacorp.net and then click on podcasts and go to masterclass and you'll have access to our full back catalog of, uh, at this point, it'll be 152 episodes. And there's a bunch of other cool stuff on that website, other shows that we've done in the past or that we are currently doing um, with other other hosts as well. Um, so just go poke around there if you want and see there might be something you like. Yeah. Uh, also, we have a Patreon for this show in particular. It's patreon.com slash masterclass. I don't even remember. <laughs> super mega. It, the link's in the show notes. I forget. I think it's actually just super mega. I think Corp. it is super mega corp. Yeah. Patreon.com slash super mega corp. Yeah. Uh, there's a link in the show. You can get access to some uh, nifty things in there if you'd like. Big shout out to our current patron patrons for uh, your support. Uh, very, very cool and very appreciated. And uh, you can call in and leave a voicemail on our Google voice number and we will put you on the show if you have a question or rebuttal or a suggestion or a topic or you just want to say hey and wish everyone that's listening uh, a lovely day. Anyways, um, that's it for me, Dave. Any parting thoughts? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure if you go to Patreon slash Super Megacorp, that's the one. Don't forget the dot com. Dot com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and on that very, very, very smooth exit, ending, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna set this plane down. Thank you for flying Masterclass Airways. Ta ta. Bye.